She's a business mogul. Number one. And wellness expert. How can I help? And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. And I have Daniel Eisenman, and he is the author and podcast of something called breakingnormal.com. He's also the founder of Tribe Vitamins. So welcome today. Thank you, Chantel. I'm stoked to be here. So Daniel, tell us a little bit about Breaking Normal. What is it about and what got you into it? Yeah, uh, so Breaking Normal is the name of my book that is basically the summary of what I, the golden thread of what I experienced of hosting health retreats for over a decade, specifically health through honesty. We, we create a pretty special sacred space for people to really fully express themselves, to really practice like a form of self-acceptance through self-expression, like a little child would to be uninhibited in the way uh, and, and the feelings and thoughts that come up. And we held this space in some of the best environments on earth for four night retreats. And um, I basically, there was some really interesting patterns I picked up on of how people seem to put um, a limit on their growth, like self-imposed limits on their growth, like a governor, just how there's governors on certain cars that make sure mm -hmm. they don't go beyond a certain miles per hour, how people put governors on their own growth, uh, sometimes unconsciously. So the book is a series of exercises to pe for people to help them break normal, to make sure that they're not just trying to fit into the herd, but they're truly living uh, their dharma. I love that. So give us an example, because I think that's so true. I know that I've done that before and, and I probably do it on a regular basis, but give me a really practical example of how someone could put a governor on their growth when it comes to weight loss. Oh, it's to weight loss. Great. Mm -hmm. that's, uh, I was getting ready to answer my like life's purpose question, uh, specifically a weight loss. That's a great, uh, okay. Right off the bat, if someone's using a scale, as their main barometer for weight loss, um, that could be a governor on their growth. Because a lot of times, for instance, if someone's wanting to have a thinner waist, they may need to gain more muscle than fat they need to lose, which means for their waist to be at their ideal form, they might actually get to be heavier. And if they're relying on a scale as their only parameter for success, that would be an issue. Mm, that's so good. Okay. Give us another one. That was too good. Give us another <laughs> one. Okay. Um, for me, I was giving a really personal example on this one. I, I practice a raw vegan diet and I was losing for, for, for years actually. Um, and really strictly for months at a time. And the reason I got kind of caught in that loop <laughs> was because at first I was losing a pound a day. Um, and most people I had met would do that. They would lose a pound a day if they only ate fruit, raw fruits and vegetables, nuts and seeds, especially if they were ripe and in season and they would, they would be okay and good for months. And they would lose a pound a day until their body came to a natural, no fat zone or really little fat zone. And 
what happened to me that worked and that worked for most people. But what happened for me is eventually my testosterone got depleted and I started losing, uh, I started getting skinnier and chubbier at the same time. And it was as this path that I found myself on as a clean way of eating. It was also the path that I lost myself on. I was so certain that the raw vegan diets lifestyle was the best way to eat long-term that the dogma kind of clouded my reality, but was actually going on that I had no testosterone. Mm. <laughs> I barely had any testosterone left in my body. I got a blood test and I started eating wild salmon and I woke up the next day like a new man. Wow. And, and I think that one of the things that is kind of scary about the raw vegan diet is just the amount of vitamins as far as B12, your iron levels. Talk about that a little bit. Oh, yeah. There's definitely certain micronutrients that are going to be pretty challenging to find. And they, they that could really take a toll on someone's overall health long term, such as one, some of the ones you mentioned, like B12 and um, iron, iron, not from plant sources. There's a different type of iron from animal flesh that is arguably more bioavailable. I think it's called heme iron. And I am no, by no means, uh, I'm not one to regurgitate too much scientific data. I think that's what Google's for, but I will <laughs> say that this, this uh, supplement right here would have been the ideal thing for me to have coming off the raw vegan diet because eating just animal flesh after not having any animal cholesterol for so long was a bit overwhelming for my system and being able to microdose on raw liver, which I think is nature's like nature's original and most potent multivitamin. And I think it does matter which animal you're getting that from that that can make all the difference. Um, that that could have allowed me to probably be a raw vegan while supplementing on liver uh, in, a, in a way that I was thriving much longer. But because I was having no animal cholesterol, my understanding is animal cholesterol is a precursor to some of our sex, sex hormones, such as testosterone. Then my body was just so it was starving. It was it was it was interesting. It was it was a great it was a great diet for my to be a, like a yogi. All I wanted to do was like run around and eat fruit like a little hummingbird and meditate. And that was all good. But I had none of those primal uh, desires or frequencies of wanting to reproduce. I just nothing, no interest in women, no interest in the opposite sex, none of that. And I do think that for me personally, I'll say for myself, if I want to feel that primal drive, um, eating wild animal organs, especially will catalyze that for me. Wow. So what does your diet look like now? So, and how did that transition look like? And so if you said, okay, I went from being raw, because that's a pretty huge, you know, 180 flip. So talk mm -hmm. about that, how that happened, what had to fix your mindset and how your health has transformed since you made that decision. Well, yeah, the beautiful thing about the raw vegan diet, and I have a whole YouTube channel. My brother is called Rob Raws. We were, it was quite the show. And um, it opened my eyes to a diet beyond the food pyramid. 
um, beyond what commercials tell me, beyond what the advertisers are paying millions of dollars to share, beyond uh, the medical schools that are funded by certain industries, such as the dairy industry. Like it just basically removed me from the group think of capitalism being in bed with healthcare and food advice. So I really got to, I cleaned my whole body out and I got to learn how certain things treat my body. And the way most people eat meat is not good. Uh, especially if it's from a factory farmed animal that's, that's freaking, uh, inflamed off of government subsidized grain. And then they're eating like too much of the flesh overcooked. It's not going to, it's like eating leather. It's not going to sit in someone's digestive system, like eating a small bite of raw liver or raw heart. So what that, what that did for me was I learned how certain foods treat my body. And I've been constantly experimenting, experimenting and tinkering since then. And what I've come to as a great diet for me is a lot of uh, superfood because of access I have to a lot of superfood, green drinks, a lot of green juice that I can freshly juice like celery if I want um, all from organic. I, you know, I choose organic. I vote with organic or, or beyond organic, you know, local farms, they're not paying for an organic certi certification and supporting not only the local economy, but healthier animals and myself by eating their byproducts, so their eggs, their milk, their meat. And I think, uh, I think when you can eat within the seasons and you can eat wild animals, if you can eat fruits and vegetables within the seasons, um, without pesticides and you can eat from wild animals, the right amount and of the right kind of byproducts, not just steak, but some liver, some heart, some of the other organs and making sure they're not overcooked and making sure you're not eating too much at once. That's what I like to do. I, uh, I typically don't even eat many calories during the day. It's mostly like superfoods and different kind of shakes or coffee, um, or different teas. And then at night I'll usually get down with some really epically sourced bone broth, um, raw milk, maybe a, a steak or a chicken or a fish, some sort of meat, maybe some potatoes, maybe some rice, um, so that's kind of how I eat currently and the tribe vitamins during the day. Like, yeah, when I have this in the morning with coffee, I feel like I, um, I have a long lasting endurance where I'm just thirsty. I think a lot of people think they're hungry when they're just really thirsty. So I stay hydrated with high quality spring water and, and tribe vitamins and other supplements, and then really chow down at night on a rich meal, like an alpha from the wild would eat. Like my understanding when a, a pack of wolves or a pack of lions takes down a prey, like you have the zebra behind you, you have the bison behind me. Um, the alphas will get the liver and the heart first. And then the other animals will get their fill. And a lot of times they'll save the, they'll just leave the flesh meats for scavengers. So I'd rather eat like an alpha than a scavenger. <laughs> Hey guys, I'm so excited. My new book, One Meal and a Tasting is out now. And if you order the book on Amazon, just the regular paperback edition, if you go in and make a review, you will get the audio book for free. Send a copy of your receipt to questions at chantelrayway.com and you'll get the audio book right away. So I want to talk to you, let, let's just talk about the raw food diet, especially because raw vegan food diets, I personally know some people who really love this way of eating. And I want to kind of just describe it from what I understand, 
basically most of the raw foodists, vegan foodists, they don't like to eat food that is heated above 118 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, and then the idea is to attempt to try to preserve the produce's nutritional content. So basically they're saying, you know, cooking is kind of killing some of those enzymes and, you know, the heat is destroying the enzymes in the food, right? Is, am I kind of getting that? Is that, is that what, oh, that's you, definitely a major what part you were thinking was, before? Yeah, that was a major part of my belief as well. When I went to Jamaica and we're hanging out with a lot of the Rastafari culture, they thought that was the, the, the highest calling, like, wow, only eating fruit falling from the tree, no fire, no cooking, like Rasta. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> right. And, but at the same time, you know, there's other people that would say that, you know, there's, if you, when you cook at them, that it's actually better for you to digest because it helps, you know, cook off some of the things. So it's, it's almost like there's two different camps. You know, you've got this camp over here saying that heat destroys the enzymes in the food, but then you've got this whole other camp that says that human digestion, it really helps when you cook or saute your food a little bit because it makes the food easier to digest, especially with like cruciferous vegetables like kale, broccoli, cauliflower, uh, cabbage that, you know, when you do heat them up, it's a lot easier for you to make it digestible. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I think that's the, the that's the situation with limiting one uh, one's amazing seasonal body that's always changing with different desires and different needs, limiting it to one diet. That's the issue with it. Uh, that diet may have been created from a person that was going through a specific situation in their life that really worked for them at that time that no longer does work for them. And I agree. They're all right. Certain like mangoes, they don't need to be cooked. Bananas, they don't need to be cooked. Just eat them right off. Now, maybe a plantain or a potato or cruciferous vegetables, maybe they're better cooked. A bone, hey, eat the meat off the bone much as you can, but you're not, you'll never get the broth out without cooking it. And so, yeah, I think they're all right. They're all right. And the issue is when, when one thinks that they're the, uh, the only one of them is right. Right. And yeah, I think that's how you can get unbalanced is by you to say, this is the only way to eat. Like you can only eat this way. And you also have to listen to your body and see, okay, how do I feel when I eat this? And it's funny as I've interviewed over thousands of women and there's lots of these thin women that I interview and they literally say things like, you know, when I eat cruciferous vegetables, I really feel so much better when I cook them because I feel better when they are cooked. And it doesn't mean you have to cook them to death, right? But I really can digest, you know, someone might say, I can really digest those foods. And it, it cooking the foods helps release some of those nutrients and make them more absorbable to your body, especially if you have any kind of gut issues or anything like that. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's um, amazing the how humans over time have discovered, for instance, coffee, like being able to roast coffee beans and pour hot water on them without that process. We've never been able to unlock the magic of the lifeblood of champions, the black gold of coffee. And I agree that like kale, uh, cauliflower, um, broccoli, 
certain cruci- yeah a lot of cruciferous vegetables specifically where a raw vegan is like no everything has to be raw i think they would have been much better off dropping the dogma of 100% raw and realizing that maybe i'll my be i'll be more in balance if i cook my kale <laughs> yeah <laughs> or saute it <laughs> some some of the raw food <laughs> removes some different you know, removing large food groups from your diet also can help, I mean, can can cause some serious nutritional deficiencies. So what, what kind of nutritional deficiencies do you see? And what does your, um, your tribe vitamins offer? Let's say someone's listening and they go, you know, I don't care what you say. I mean, I'm doing a raw, I'm doing a raw diet, right? Or a raw vegan diet. Then you might say, okay, that's fine. If you are going to do that, then at least consider for your health, because, you know, I think a lot of people who are vegans, one of their biggest things is they're so compassionate and they have such a love for animals and they've seen different movies and they see how they've been treated. And so part of it is like, I don't want to, you know, put an animal through that or something like that. But talk about how you've seen different things with people having these tribe vitamins and how their health has really transformed from adding it in. Okay. Yeah. And and I'll speak of not only about tribe vitamins, but potentially like um, someone that's any type of animal organ after being raw vegan or on a a diet that might be deficient. Um, I think a really common scenario would be for someone's nails to not look like they they have lines in them or have some sort of situation with their nails, their hair, their eyes, their vision, their gum lines. When I was a raw vegan, what happened, my hair started being thinner and my gum lines started receding and my teeth didn't seem as strong. And there was obviously, I was probably missing something like heme iron or retinol, the, the vitamin A form of, from animal flesh. And, um, what, what I would say is if anyone's experiencing any type of symptoms like that, um, like if you're like, if your hair all of a sudden doesn't seem as strong, especially if you've been on a diet for a long period of time and it's like your hair, not as thick as it used to be, or, or do your nails seem more frail? Or are they not as growing as fast or your gum line is your gum line residing? Or do you feel like you're getting skinnier and fatter? Like these are, <laughs> these are uh, probably indications of some sort of mineral or nutrient deficiency and uh, the organ meats from prey animals, especially like bison, the ultimate the ultimate prey here in North America lands, or elk, um, they contain like uh, almost all the micronutrients that one would look for in a blood panel. They're it's like so loaded with retinol that you don't want to eat too much of it. You, that's why. Uh, so we make it in a microdose form that you can have like a, the equivalent to a few bites every day. You don't want to eat a lot of liver once in a blue moon. It's that rich. It's so rich in iron and vitamin A and then all the B, a lot of the B vitamins, especially B6, 12, like folate. And also it has chromium, zinc, and copper. And these are all in not a manufactured form. This is in the form that's found in the animal. And that's the same reason I think that these alphas that have evolved over time know to go for the liver first. So that's what it is. It is like the nature's most potent multivitamin. 
in a bioavailable form that's not manipulated. It's just freeze-dried, raw freeze-dried liver in a capsule. And I think the body recognizes that as a food and it sort of hits a lot of those. The most common testimonies are stamina and energy, but we've had a lot of miraculous ones from women that my hunch was they were iron deficient beforehand and like weird stomach things just disappearing, like weird stomach cramps or uneasiness in their stomach just disappearing and having immense amounts of long lasting energy all of a sudden. That's awesome. And I think one of the things I love is that your bison organs are coming from bison that are able to roam in open pastures. They're happily grazing on, you know, native grasses all day and they're hundred percent grass fed from start to finish. So, and also not with fertilizers and pesticides and stuff like that, because, you know, especially those people who are really concerned about making sure the animals are always treated humanely and both when they're living and through the slaughter process, that should make somebody who maybe is really passionate and cares about animals also say, okay, I can feel good about, so then I know I'm feeling good, right? This is giving me everything I need to have a great life, have the energy I need, fill my body with the iron, the B12, the vitamin A that I need, but also I'm being kind to animals as well. Yeah, that's, that's totally correct. And I, I, I definitely believe that out of all my dietary experimentation, that how that animal lives, I will be, that energy is in that food, is in the meat, is in the flesh, is in the liver. And that's a big deal. So yeah, we only work with 100% grass-fed and grass-finished bison, which is less than, I think, 10% of the current supply. 90 plus percent of bison suppliers finish their animals on grain, and we don't work with them. So our aim is much bigger than just scalability. Like from a business perspective, it's kind of like, what are are you guys doing? And it's funny, I I interviewed this guy named Ronald Cohen today, and he's all, he's a venture cap. He's known as the father of British venture capital. And he's all about impact investing, where the investment has a value, what you're doing to the environment. And my aim is to bring enough awareness to these animals, the national animal of North America, uh, the biggest animal of North America, their hooves are extremely, their hooves and their poop are extremely good for regenerating this, the, the lands and only working with the ones that are doing hundred percent grass fed. And then hopefully within a few years, all the rest of the bison suppliers will stop taking these animals to the feedlots and stop feeding them grains. It's not necessary. I understand that they are using government subsidized grain and there's a financial incentive and there's a cultural conditioning around like marbled meat, but we can make this change like literally. So I I'm asking people to vote with their, if they're, if you're buying supplements or especially multivitamins vote for this one and maybe the, the rest of the bison industry will take notice. So what are some benefits that you've had from changing your diet to, to going from vegan to adding meat back in your diet? What are some other benefits that have come into your health? Yeah, it is. I think it's totally around my, as a male, especially around my testosterone. I, um, I feel a different type of power and sharpness and groundedness 
where when I was only eating a raw vegan diet, it was very, I was very flighty, very ungrounded, very like a, much like a bird, or I could just be at the beach all day, not a care in the world. Um, it brings me back to the reality that I'm in. And when I feed my body, uh, wild animal nutrition, I get to remember the wild animal that I am. And I start to, I start to embody that more. Um, personally with the tribe vitamins lately, like literally yesterday, I broke not a nail, but a nail clipper. My nails have been growing ridiculously fast. And I'm very suspicious of my vision. Uh, I, I, I want to go take a vision test. I think my vision has gotten so much better. And the nails and the hair thing is a very common side effect for someone that might have be eating a raw vegan diet for a long time and then starts to incorporate animal organs into their diet. They'll probably notice like, whoa, hair, nails, and probably a libido, something in their libido, like a wake-up call. So what else would you say that subconsciously that people are kind of telling lies that people are telling themselves that are really holding them back to getting to the weight loss goals that they want to achieve? Yeah, I think it's probably looking for labels, looking for labels like, oh, is this keto friendly? Is this paleo friendly? Is this a vegan? Is this vegetarian? What, what buzzword can I be sold on today mm -hmm. that's outside my intuition? Because the fact of the matter is that my body and your body is changing every moment. Um, and especially every year and especially based on our current needs, like, am I facing something that's really challenging in my life or am I just looking to relax? Like to me, that's much more important. My diet choices are much more about that than what some label tells me. And I think mm -hmm. when someone's trying to limit their diet to some sort of label, they may be forgetting their best dietitian and that's their own inner guidance. Like mm. what is your body craving? What would taste really good? Uh, maybe find out a way a muscle test, maybe find some sort of intuitive testing or maybe shutting your eyes. Like what's the, what, what does my body want right now? And most likely the answer will be some sort of natural whole food that is found around you. And it might be the season for them. That's so good because I think that my favorite you know, I was when I just finished my fourth book and it's called One Meal and a Tasting. And the reason why it's called that is because out of me interviewing all these thin women, I've realized that intuitively, like they don't, sometimes they might eat one meal a day. Sometimes they might eat one meal and something small. Sometimes they might have two meals, but on the regular they're eating one meal and then they're having something smaller later in the day. But again, I almost called it the intuitive eater. And because every one of these thin women had a philosophy of eating that they were the expert of their own body and their own hunger signals. And so they never had anyone impose guidelines about what they should avoid or what they should eat or you know, how they should do it. They are the one who say, I'm the best person, not me, but them, right, are the best person and the only person to make those choices to be an intuitive eater and looking at their physical hunger to saying, you know, 
Is my stomach growling? Am I getting fatigued? Am I emotionally hungry? Am I sad? Am I lonely? Am I bored? You know, and really being intuitive to saying, I'm only going to eat when my body's physically hungry. And when my biological body, my body is telling me it's time to replenish nutrients, I'm completely on E. So I love that. That's so good. Well, what have I not asked you that you want listeners to know or understand? Well, I, I, to add one more element to, I was add another anendum to the, your previous question and to affirm what you were just saying. I'll tell you the people that also get caught up in certain rules or dogmas around their diet. I think it's one of the worst things someone could do is to eat something they don't think is good for them. So my number one ingredient in all my foods is a gratitude. Um, and if I can be grateful for every ingredient and realize that I'm choosing to eat this because it's good for me. Um, to me, that that could be so much healthier. If Even if it's a brownie or a donut or from Dunkin' Donuts, whatever it is, if I can be, if I can contemplate how did every ingredient get in that to donut and how is it impacting each person that put their hands on every ingredient? And it's quite complicated with a donut. That, hence, I don't eat many donuts. It's pretty easy with an apple. Or it's pretty easy with a bison. Um, and I, I think coming at my food with that attitude of gratitude and being able to pray for every ingredient is much more powerful than if it's keto friendly or if it's fast food. Awesome. Yeah, I love that. That's so good. Well, Daniel, this has been so awesome. Tell listeners where they can find you and where they can follow you. Yeah, so you can Daniel Eisenman, my name on Instagram is probably the um, social, media, social media site that I'm the most interactive on. So you can always send me a message on my Instagram. I usually reply. Um, and or Facebook and or Daniel at breakingnormal.com. That's my email, which is my website, breakingnormal.com. And that's where I would suggest if you want to check out a podcast, or uh, check out the book on audio, particularly. That's what I would suggest an Audible. J.P. Sears reads the forward and I read the rest. And um, yeah, if you want to try some of what I would say is nature's original and most potent multivitamin, go to tribevitamins.com, put your order in, and you'll be able to start microdosing on that uh, in a few days. I suggest taking it maybe on an emptier stomach in the morning with coffee, if you drink coffee. Um, but it's an awesome, it's an awesome like way to, I would say, remember and remember and, and rewild ourselves. Mm. I can't wait to try it. Cause I am, every time I do any kind of lab work, my doctor always tells me that I'm iron deficient, even though I eat a lot of red meat. And, um, so I think I just still have some gut issues that I need to work on but I am, my ferritin is usually low and my iron's low. So anything that I take that has, you know, any liver support or anything like that, um, or bison, I always feel like a million bucks. So I'm really excited to try it and I'll let you well, know how, what I think. Yeah. I'm super excited for that. Well, especially if you're doing blood work somewhat consistently, I think this mm -hmm. is going to be one of the best things you could take 
And then I can be like, whoa, whoa, yeah. what you do? Before and after, that'll be really exciting for me to see. Well, thank you so much for being with us, Daniel. This has been great. And you guys stay tuned. We've got another episode coming up in just a few. Bye-bye for now. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.